Hey, what's up everyone? This is Jesse HS and this is the Heart God Media Podcast. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we are in the middle of the week, uh, dead in the middle, uh, hump day, Wednesday. And uh, today we're going to be talking a little uh, ACDC. I mean, uh, can you really, when you really talk about some of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time ever, ACDC has got to be at the top of the list. Uh, despite what anybody thinks or says, it's really hard to, when you talk about pure, unadulterated, pissed off, ballsy, testosterone fueled and filled rock and roll. I mean, ACDC is at the top of that list. Uh, when you talk about most memorable guitarists of all time, you think Angus Young. When you talk one of the greatest rhythm guitar players, just a buzzsaw motherfucking guitar player, they just had the steady fucking insane, insane rhythm guitarist in Malcolm Young. Um, and then... Not one, but two of the most uh, you, memorable, recognizable, uh, legendary rock and roll voices of all time. In, of course, Bon Scott and uh, and Brian Johnson. You know, it, it's crazy to to think. You know, when you talk like just one, a band having one of the greatest singers of all time, but then having two of the greatest singers of all time it's pretty crazy to think that they have two of the most amazing rock and roll singers of all time um it's it's really great and this right here You just can't, you can't fucking beat ACDC, and you can't beat, if you want blood, uh, my personal favorite, uh, track, uh, but E.T. is gonna join us today, and he's gonna, he's gonna get in on the ACDC talk, he's a big uh, ACDC fan as well, so, uh, I'm pretty excited to have him on, uh, I mean, I mean, without, uh, you know, my friends that I've had on this, you know, it's just mu as much their podcast as it is, uh, my own um, without a doubt, uh, cause without, you know, without, without them, I mean, the podcast is kind of just me talking. So, you know, the, the people I've met through doing this podcast, um, and had on the show and then the friends that I do have, we talk Eric and Brian and Sean and, you know, uh, I've had so many, uh, of my, uh, close friends on talking, uh, Lou, uh, you know, without them, there's really no, it's just me talking and no one wants to hear just me talking. That's a, that's kind of a bummer, but, uh, yeah, we're going to get Eric on the phone and we do this really fly by the seat of our pants, uh, fly by night, uh, if you will, uh, you know, I make the calls right here so you guys can hear and while I'm, uh, while I'm doing this, you know, I'm, I'm like four, I got four tasks going on all at once at all times. Whenever this podcast is airing, I'm usually, uh, looking up shit, uh, fact checking, uh, if you will, 
um, and usually getting a hold of somebody if someone's going to be on the line with us. Um, but, but yeah, uh, we're going to talk a little ACDC and a little, uh, a little, uh, a little rock and roll with, uh, Mr. Eric Scott Tyler here. Uh, let's pull up the old, uh, man, shout out to Apple for making it fucking great to have FaceTime and all this shit that makes doing a podcast so fucking easy. I really, truly enjoy it. I gotta tell ya. Little dead air, give us a second. Hey, what's up? Hey, how's it going? Oh, it's going. We're, uh, we're live. We are live. We're fucking live powered right now. Sounds great. So, uh, I mean, we'll cover, we'll cover both eras. I mean, uh, but, I mean, we'll dive into it right now. I mean, uh, when was the, when was the first time, I mean, growing up where we did, you know, upstate New York, we had, uh, a great, uh, radio station that, you know, exposed us to all these great hits, uh, you know, old 95X. Right. Uh, I mean, I, I, from what I can remember, that's definitely like the, probably the first time I heard ACDC ever. And it was definitely like, uh. It was definitely a Bond song. It was like, it was either like Big Balls or Highway to Hell or Dirty Deeds or something like that. I, I, I can never remember the first time I heard it because you can't even remember. I'm sure you can attest. You can't even remember a time when you didn't know ACDC. Like, you can't remember a time before ACDC. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, I think, like, I mean, the first time I definitely heard it was on the radio um, in the car with my father. My father actually was a big ACDC fan himself. So uh, that's kind of the first time I ever really got introduced to them because I really didn't know a lot of the music my father was into, to be honest with you. The only band I ever really knew that he loved was ACDC. So <laughs> they've always, uh, they've always been a part of my life for a long time. So yeah. I think the first, I, I got to imagine one of the first times I ever heard was definitely off the back and black album, just because of how huge that album was. It, so. it really was too. And, and uh, like a, like I was just kind of like saying uh, as I was introing this is it's it's it says something for a band to have a legendary singer but for a band to have two of the most memorable and recognizable voices in rock and roll is pretty fucking it's pretty crazy oh 100% yeah I mean I, I gotta think I, I gotta wonder what was going through their minds when uh, when Bon Scott passed away because um, you gotta think I mean arguably I gotta think that they got I mean, I know his last album, Highway to Hell, was kind of what kind of catapulted them into a little bit, uh, you know, I mean, pretty recognizable. But then I think, I mean, Back in Black just, like, exploded, so. It could have easily went the other way, and they could have just fucking, they could have faded into into nothingness very easily because Bond was, that voice was so unique, and it was so attached to the ACDC sound. Yeah, right, 100%. And like you said, you don't, I mean, what other bands can you think of where, I mean, I mean, a lot of bands have had other singers, of course, but what other band can you think of that's really had maintained the popularity and just how huge they were from, from, from with two singers? I mean, I mean, look at Black Sabbath, like, obviously a lot of people like the Dio era, Black Sabbath and the other singers, but when you think of Black Sabbath, you think of Ozzy, you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. So, and it's like that for a lot of groups, obviously, so, um... I think I said something about the songwriting, for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, I don't know, they just had, like, 
ACDC has this way about them where if you if you're into heavy music or rock or anything, I mean, you just you, you can't not like them. I feel like they're so appealing to if you listen to metal, if you listen to you know hard rock, blues, like uh, punk at a time. I feel like probably like their early years. I gotta think that they appeal to the punk audience. Maybe not so much their later stuff, but I feel like they're just one of those bands that's like just well respected. I mean, but, and they also come with a stigma where you know we've talked about it before, where maybe they don't, you know, they're not super technical and stuff like that, like bullshit like that. But they're without a doubt, hands down, maybe the biggest rock and roll band ever. Probably, I mean, you know, it's arguably. it's really hard to come across someone that doesn't know who ACDC is of any age. Exactly, recognizable, super recognizable. Even their logo, maybe if you haven't heard of them. I mean, I'm sure a young kid, maybe you haven't heard them, but you still, you've seen that logo, I'm sure. 100%. Well, I mean, perfect example, uh, you know, uh, you go and you'll see a million, you'll see a million different ripoffs, and, I mean, that logo with the lightning bolt in between, I mean, one, I mean, you talk about infiltrating pop culture, fucking, uh, you know, uh, was it Beavis? Did Beavis wear the ACDC shirt? Or was, uh, no, uh, yeah. Beavis was Metallica, right? Yeah, one of them wore Metallica, one of them wore ACDC. Oh, wait, wait, it was Butthead with the ACDC, that's right. ACDC, there you go. Well, Beavis kind of looks like Hetfield, so I can kind of see that. (laughs) Definitely does. Um, But, you you know, you talk about infiltrating pop culture, but how many times have you seen, like, a shirt that says, like, I don't even fucking know, like, something, anything where you could separate the two words and you see that fucking lightning bolt ripoff in between it, like... Uh yeah, I mean, it's definitely been mocked and uh, redone hundreds of times by many different bands or whatever, or, or logos, companies, but, so for sure, they're definitely, like, uh, definitely noticeable to almost any, uh, you know, in the mainstream media, or just uh, pop culture at all, so. And, uh, I like what you said, too, about saying, you know, at one point, they had to have appealed to the punk audience, which, I mean, when you really think of Bon Scott, I mean... There's few frontmen I can think that are more punk rock than Bon Scott. Yeah, that's what I mean. I feel like they had... I don't know. Like I obviously love ACDC, and I love both of the... I guess you could say the two different eras, but I just feel like with the Bon Scott era, they had a, a more like a more like intense... I don't know. Just like more like in-your-face kind of. Where I feel like they weren't making like these big... Not that they don't have that with Brian Johnson. I just felt like they had a different edge to them with Bon Scott and then you gotta think like I mean Bon Scott died so young I mean what would have been of ACDC after if he stayed alive you know like what would they have continued the success and been huge or would they have kind of faded out a little bit like it's just crazy to think about because obviously he was you know what you wanted in a, in a front man especially of that era oh yeah he had his like uh, I always acquaint him to like the Lemmy-esque ways like how like Lemmy is just like a cult hero you know what i mean like i feel like if bon scott stayed alive he would have maybe not to the same extent but i feel like he would have been right in that same realm with like lemmy and stuff and something like that oh yeah i mean i mean and yeah i gotta agree like you know there was definitely a different edge and and i don't know if maybe they seemed like i and i don't want this to sound negative at all but maybe they seemed a little more professional with brian at least like and I don't mean that as a negative thing at all, um, to either to either Bon or Brian. But with like Bon, like one of the things I always loved about Bon was, 
fucking like shirtless, wearing a cutoff jean jacket, just like Harry Chess, like, yeah, like pissed off. You could tell he was just like half in the bag, and he was just like, I he he definitely did bring like an edge, like for sure. And then when you like go into like the song, the song like lyric wise, it I think it all remained relatively in the same ballpark. Right. Um, but like you think about like uh you know, one of my favorite songs is uh Shout Down Shot Down in Flames, like uh, you know, just like <laughs> just like the storytelling aspect of that band too. Like, especially in the Bond era. Like, you know, when you talk dirty deeds, like, you know, that it's also like, you know, it's telling a story, but it's like uh I don't know, they almost like, because they're all like short too, they're all like fucking no one's over four or five. <laughs> Like, they're all fucking, they've literally all smoked more than anyone in the entire world has ever smoked. They're just like, it, it's almost like they're a bunch of, like, Australian, like, drunk leprechaun, punk rock leprechauns. They're definitely not the most imposing physically, that's for sure. No. But they, they come at you with a different edge, I'm sure. With, oh, yeah. With their, with their sound and just that bold, heavy, you know, melodic, just, it's just great. And it's, uh, you know... I think it took uh, Malcolm dying recently for people to really start like talking about like his influence on the band. But you could tell he was definitely like the, uh, you you know, really was like a sort of backbone for that band. You know, that driving like rhythm sound that you needed in the, all those songs because because he just like buzz he just buzz sawed when he played man. Yeah, I feel like Angus gets a lot of, like, the hype just because it's, like, Angus and, like, his, his like, stage antics and, like, the schoolboy outfit. And yeah. Stuff, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Like, uh, but I, I definitely agree with you. I mean, I think that Malcolm is just, like, if not a bigger role in the band without him, they would not have sounded the same. I he wrote, that's the thing, like, I mean... I mean, you, you. There's nothing we can ever say to take away from Angus, like in Angus's influence. Like, you know, when you think, I mean, when you think ACDC, you think Angus in the schoolboy outfit. I mean, that's just, you know, he was on most of the covers. Like, that's just like, that's what you think when you see it. Yeah, he's almost like the like you like you said, he's covers. almost like been the mascot. Like, I mean, absolutely, like, absolutely. But he's uh, a whole bunch of the records that he's on. I mean, he's on at least what, like five of the record covers or something like that. And oh, on, like, at least five. He's on like yeah. you gotta think he's on high voltage, uh, flick of the switch, fucking yeah. I mean, he's on the live record. Like that's just him on the live record. I'm pretty sure. Powerage. Um, so it's crazy. Like he he almost has been kind of like a like a mascot for them too as well. So I think that's another reason why. It'll, Again, I think Malcolm maybe took a backseat when it comes to the fans, like or people knowing the band. But he definitely was a driving force and what you know, they're never going to be the same without him, of course. But yeah, um, he, uh, the guitar players are—I don't know—it's different. Like I don't know if you put a guitar player and a vocalist. Like obviously, if, I could play a guitar to sound just like somebody, but I, my voice is going to be different. So. I th- like it's crazy when you talk about ACDC the amount of uh, not so much guitar and vocals but like bass and drums like they've had so many different lineup changes too that's another thing that, that is crazy about them for the amount of time that they've played 
I mean, they really haven't taken too. I mean, they've taken some breaks, but they've they've been a constant since you know their first record came out. So, I think that speaks volumes to how much they care as well, too. Yeah, and you know that's something. Uh, I mean, we're just kind of jumping around here, which I'm I'm fine with because we can just we we're just <laughs> yeah, we're that's just what we're gonna do. I mean, there's so much to cover, like to trying to do it in order is kind of crazy because we're just jumping back and forth, and that's just gonna be the format of this, and I'm fine with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, that kind of speaks to, you know, when Brian had his hearing issues, you know, I think Brian's a little bit older than the rest of them too. And I think when, I think Brian had talked a little bit about, you know, like at least not, if not wrapping it up, at least, you know, winding down a little bit and not doing as much as they have been. So I think I, there's been rumors that he was talking about that. So then when the hearing thing happened... I think they were just like, listen, we don't want to stop. We don't want to take a break. We don't want to wait for him. Like, it is what it is. Like, I mean, they kind of did him dirty. Because uh, I don't know if you remember, but Jim Brewer, like, who was kind of, like, friends with Brian Johnson, like, kind of outed, like, what really happened. Right. L- like, that Brian got sent home. He said he couldn't do it. They were like, okay. And they sent all of his shit that he's ever, like, had, like, you know, at the fucking, at whatever, their, the headquarters, their main practice space. I imagine it's like a fucking warehouse or something. Like, I can't imagine. But, like, they sent everything to him. They, like, f- you know, fucking, like, mailed it to him and all the shit showed up, like, on a trailer or something in his fucking, at his house or whatever. Yeah, that's definitely messed up, of course. Um, I mean, it's gotta be bit- it's gotta be bittersweet. I mean, it's not like I'm sure Brian Johnson wanted the to end obviously it's to health issues so it's i mean i can imagine me being in that spot i would not be very happy about it no that happened i'd be pissed definitely and i guess he he you know just recently sung i think in the last few months at like the first show he's played live in a i think it was a charity event um and he played a few songs live and it's the first time he'd he'd he had been on stage since you know his last show with acdc but right and I mean, but like you said, I think the just the determination to just keep going too and to not stop, I think is driving. I mean, honestly, I think it's what's keeping like Ang- I mean Angus alive at this point is just keeping that band going. I mean, probably right. I mean, he's the only like really like original long term member right now. So. Yeah, I mean, you got Phil Rudd is out because he tried fucking putting a hit on somebody. Like, yeah, he's out. You fucking talk about uh, life imitating art with fucking you doing the dirty deeds done dirt cheap for fucking real. <laughs> no, exactly. I don't even know who's actually. Now that I think about it, I don't even know really who's playing bass for them. Um, who the fuck is playing bass? Uh, Cliff Williams, I think, stopped like two years ago. So. Yeah, Cliff. Yeah, Cliff ended after that last run with Axel. Yeah, so I know like Axel's. I was. I'm pretty sure like Stevia is playing guitar now. Yep, which is Malcolm and Malcolm and is it? I think it's Malcolm and Angus's nephew. It's their nephew, other sibling's yeah. son. Yep. Which nephew. he's like fucking in his fifties. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, like he's, he's a he's nephew, but yeah, yeah, he's an old man as well. He's an older guy as well. So. Um, and then I know, I think Chris uh, Slade, Chris Slade, Chris Slade, yeah, who played with them in like the, the early nineties and like, I think maybe the late eighties as well, but I'm not really sure who's playing bass now. So, um, 
No fucking way. Like, I don't know who either. Like, and I'm like looking into it now and it says George Young. So how many fucking young siblings and fucking <laughs> relatives are there? Yeah, I don't know. That's crazy. Um, well, I mean, at least they're keeping it in the family, so I guess you got to be happy about that. So. Yeah, right. But yeah, I mean, whatever you want to go from here, we could discuss albums or... Well, if you had to... Alright, so we'll go back to Bond. I mean, how many... What are your... What's your favorite Bond record? It's really, and I know like a lot of, I hear, there's been like a lot of Bond talk lately, and, and I don't know if it's because Malcolm died and like, there's been, you know, the ACDC talk's been like, just like more fresh, uh, you know, fresher than it has been, but I see a lot of, they're doing like a tribute in LA to the Powerage album, they're playing the whole thing in its entirety, like a bunch of like, like Nikki Six and like, um... Who the fuck else is doing it? There's like a couple celebrity, like Bill Burr is involved with this. Like, uh, oh yeah, you know what? I, I saw this. Yeah, yeah. De- Dean Del Rey, like, who was a comedian, like, is involved with it too. I think he's actually one of the guys putting it on. But I saw Bill Burr was involved. I was like, what is he doing? Yeah, he plays. Bill Burr's a drummer. Oh, that's cool. Um, but yeah, they're doing like, and Scott Ian's like a big. Uh, he's a bit. Obviously, he's got like Malcolm and Agus tattooed on him, but. Uh, He's like, uh, Scott Ian has something to do with it, too, and uh, they're playing, yeah, like, a whole Powerage album. I think that's where I might have saw it, too, is I think Scott Ian, maybe on his Instagram, I saw that. So, uh, I mean, a lot of, like, uh, a lot of, like, the older guys will go with, uh, will go with, uh, I think, Powerage. At least it seems like that's, like, uh, that or, like, uh. High Voltage seem to be, like, the, the go-tos for the favorite albums, but I gotta agree with you, uh. Highway to Hell for me, definitely. Uh, it just seemed like they had really honed in on that, like that sound for sure. When you talk about, you know, obviously, like Highway to Hell, Shot Down in Flames, If You Want Blood, like those singles that you heard. Like I don't think Highway to or um, Shot Down in Flames was a single, but the singles that you heard on that record, like you hear them in so many fucking movies. You hear fucking, you know, Highway to Hell and If You Want Blood, like. Yeah, I gotta say, Highway to Hell is probably their, arguably maybe their second most famous song, other than maybe like Back in Black. I mean, yeah, I feel like I feel like you hear it commercials, you go to stadiums, you hear them in stadiums. I hear, I think, the, I mean, I gotta think that those gotta be like, it's gotta be like up there with the top three most popular songs. So. Oh yeah, for sure. But I mean, yeah, I mean, Power Age and High Voltage are both like in my top five without a doubt. So. Oh yeah, for sure. Now, what is uh, if you had to give uh, you know, a top, I mean, like three or five, whatever, if you if you can rattle them off, like your favorite Bond era songs. Uh, I think it's so tough for me to. I think if you want blood is probably my favorite. I just think that song is so awesome. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. <laughs> Just the lyrics and like, just again, the, that song is so ferocious. I think it's so awesome. Um, I really like Riff Raff, um, Highway to Hell, TNT, and probably a whole lot of Rosie. Would probably be like my top five uh, Scott songs. I'd say. Yeah, and there's so many like songs too, like that are like just like fucking powerhouse songs. But I, I mean, I would go with. I would probably go. I mean. 
people would probably, I'm sure, uh, diehards or or whatever you want to call them, like older guys, probably probably talk shit on these lists. But you know, for me, I'm going three of them right off. If we're saying the top five, three of them are going right off off Highway to Hell. You're going if you want blood, Highway to Hell, and Shot Down in Flames. Yeah, see, I mean, that's, and that's what I mean. I think just think that those are like those records are just. They have so many hits on them. It's just so, it's tough, you know. I know, and then I'd probably go like High Voltage, uh, the song High Voltage. Yeah. And then, uh, fuck, I don't know. It's a long way to the top, maybe. It is tough. It's yeah. tough to. It's like I said, they have so many hits, and they have so many amazing songs. And you know what the thing with them too is like, uh, if you scratch the surface, because obviously they play ACDC on the radio all the time. Yeah. You're going to hear the same four or five songs, but if you scratch the surface, especially in like these early records, there's like every song is great. So, oh, yeah, it's it's insane. And just, uh, and watching some of the, you know, prob, and I'm going to be honest with you, when I was growing up, I loved the Bond stuff because it was probably what I was most exposed to at first, but, but, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you. Probably from like uh, you know mid '90s when I was really like real when I was actually listening to full rock, when I started listening to full ACDC records, not just listening to the songs on the radio. Uh, when I started listening to full records, the only thing that was really available to to buy, I mean, besides Highway to Hell, um, you know, you go into fucking like the into Phase or Ames, like the first ones that they had to buy, you know, I mean, the first ACDC record, I think I actually bought myself was, uh, the live record from, I think it was, what year did that come out? 92 maybe, or 91? It was right after, uh, the razor's edge came out because I know like, I want to say like the 94, 95 era. Yeah. And that was the first record ACDC record. I actually bought like myself, but, um, other than that, I know my old man obviously had like, uh, cassettes like up the fucking ass. So back in black and highway to hell might be, I mean, which is crazy because it's Bond's last record. It's Brian's first record. And that might be the best like consecutive album releases of all time. You got to think you obviously the biggest album they released with Bond highway to hell. And then the biggest album and obviously the debut album with Brian Johnson, back in black talk about a one two album fucking punch right there like no, insane yeah, seriously. And, I, and like you said like those are definitely their most uh, notable records They'll right and you right back and forth right one after another with two different singers oh yeah um it's insane i mean you just like i said you just don't see that you just don't see stuff like that no and i don't know if like like i love other acdc records but I love them all, obviously, but I don't know if they've made a better record since then, maybe. they got a couple good ones, like, for those about to rock, and I really like the Razor's Edge, but, I mean, I don't think they've made a better record than those since then. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I mean, i got to be completely honest with you, I don't think so either, and, I mean, but that's the thing, too. They're, like, one of those bands, and they're kind of, like, honestly, they're in the same vein. They're they're so, so, so legend, legend, legendary. In the set, like of like uh, the Stones, of like the Who, you know. Once you have, you, you know, you got obviously they have endless amounts of song, like legendary songs and memorable songs. 
But all you don't need to if you have the fucking songs and you have the energy, you can put out those albums that aren't as big as Highway to Hell or Back in Black because you have those albums that have solidified you as one of the greats in rock and roll. So you can put out the fucking, you know, the fly on the walls, the flick of the switch. Like you could put those records out and have a couple bumpers that they love to play on the radio and stuff here and there, like at the, at the time of the album and stuff, but they're always going to, you never hear them play anything off flick of the switch or fucking like fly on the wall. Like, you know what I mean? They always go back to back and black, uh, for Brian stuff or, you know, or you'll hear thunderstruck, uh, you know, here and there. But I mean, it's like, you know, like what was the last fucking great record that the stones put out? You know what I mean? It was yeah, it was um, something from the fucking seventies. Right. Yeah. I mean, it is something. I didn't really think about it that way, but you're right. It's like if you put out like one of the greatest records of all time, arguably, and in your early days, like, do you really do you rest on your laurels there, or do you? I mean, obviously, I'm sure in their heads they're not thinking that way. Obviously, I'm sure if you asked them, every record they put out, they love and and, and they think it's just as good, but. From a fan perspective, I'm sure, you know, if you asked 100 ACDC fans, they're probably not going to tell you that Rock or Bust is better than Back in Black. Exactly, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't really think about it that way, but it's true. I mean, there's a lot of bands that have done that where they, they're, uh, you know, I mean, I feel like not so much, I, I wouldn't put ACDC in this category because they still, you know, they, they've toured and they put out other records, but I feel like there is a lot of bands who have had great hits back in the day. And then they just keep playing off those hits, you know what I mean? They're not really putting out anything new. They're just kind of... Uh, oh, yeah. I mean... And I think, like I said, that's what's 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 different about ACDC is they, they're still pumping out records. They're touring. Uh, you know, they were touring, obviously, I mean. but uh, And I just think it shows that they're actually just not kind of... Just trying to be just rock stars. Which, obviously, they're huge rock stars. But you know what I mean by that. Like, they're... They care about the music as well. So. That that's what I always loved about them too. Like, uh, is they never like, I don't know. It just says something for really being a fan of, of music that that's what they were about. You know what I mean? They didn't like change their style. They never had another thing. I fucking absolutely adore about the band is they never had a ballad ever. Yeah, no, it's just... Uh, it's just rock and roll all the time. Like, no fucking ballads. Exactly how you would describe them to someone who'd never heard them. You want to you listen to just straight-up rock and roll heavy metal about just <laughs> women and, and the devil and, and, and whatever, you know what I mean? That's what it's about. And just, like, drinking, that, like, yeah. gambling. <laughs> that's, like, exactly why I say, like, they're just, like, they have, they're, like, the biggest, one of the biggest rock and roll bands. So they just don't... They don't care. They don't. They're not trying to fit any mold or appease anybody but themselves. And that's why, like I said, I always put them in the vein of, of a Motorhead, which obviously they, I know they sound differently. And Motorhead gets a lot more of the heavy metal uh, lot, uh, buzz, like a lot more heavy metal people like them and punk or whatever. Right. Like they're very similar to me because they're both they're just fucking straight up rock and roll bands doing what, singing about whatever they want sing about what they love and they're not changing for anybody and uh and that's why they're two of my favorite bands ever so yeah absolutely and it's and like it's it's funny to think like what bon scott would have what would they have put out if bon scott you know didn't diet you know in his early 30s yeah i mean the dude was 33 years old so 
I mean, that's insane. That's that's super young, obviously, and and who knows what they would have done. I know, and he was. Uh, I, I don't know. It was just uh, in watching some of those live videos and watching how he was on stage. Like there really wasn't, and he didn't honestly like. I mean, by the time they blew up, you know, like he was only really in the like spotlight, at least in the states. Like only like a few years, and really only on the last album cycle, Highway to Hell. Um, you know, you know, where people all around the world were getting a dose of Bon Scott, and then of course he dies. So right. it's it's really interesting to see what they would have, uh, you know, really become if he would have stayed alive. Yeah, I, you know, you got a question of being a fan too. Like, you got to think that would they have maintained the how big they were or are still? You know, I mean, I think their last tour was like one of the most expensive concerts of that year. Yeah. Um, like, if would they? You know, because like I said, Back in Black was such a huge album for him. So and that was right the album right after Bond had passed away. So I got to think, what if he stayed alive, and what would that next album been like? Would it? Um. I just, sometimes I question their commercial success. I don't know if it would have been as commercially successful. You know what I mean? I still think it would have been big, but for some reason when I think of Back in Black, I think of it being like a, just like a huge commercial, commercial. Like I think it was like, I think when I looked into it, it was like 22 times platinum in the United States alone. So Yeah, which is, it, it really is insane. And maybe Bond, maybe they wouldn't have been as big if Bond stayed alive. Um, because he did bring that, like, I don't think people were ready for Bon Scott, honestly, like, yeah. I mean, when you really think about, like, I mean, obviously, like, you look at someone, like, uh, who Bon kind of reminded me of, um, is Iggy, like, Iggy, you know, singing with a shirt off and just wearing tight jeans and, like, being, like, super, like, wild and stuff, like, people, he, he never, Iggy never translated to, uh, to the mainstream, really, um, so you know what I mean? Bond was a little, and and then when you get Brian in there, I mean, I I don't think I ever, I didn't, I wasn't sure the guy had a face besides like the tip of his nose and his chin <laughs> until like recent, until like the last ten years when I actually saw him, you know, with like a light under his fucking like uh, with his kangaroo hat on, um, but <laughs> because he just like was hid, hidden under that hair and that hat, and it was just the voice, like, yeah. Um, no, you're right though. Like, there's a lot of bands that have been around for a long time that, in the genre or, or on the underground or whatever you want to call it, are huge. But commercially, again, they're not like they're not the most mainstream. And I feel like right. ACDC bridged that gap where you could talk to anybody about them and then you're gonna know ACDC. But again, like, not to keep bringing up Motorhead, but like, obviously, a lot of people like Motorhead is huge, but like. They still weren't. They didn't really, uh, really reach that commercial success. You know what I mean? Like, uh, no, they were a cult like band. They were a cult band. On the street, and be like, you know who Lemmy is, and they would be. They would have no idea. So, well, it's the same thing. And I mean, granted, I mean, Rush is bigger than both of those bands, but Rush is kind of the same way. Like, not everybody like you know the songs, but you don't know like. No one, right. you know, you know what I mean. Rush is the same way. Rush fucking was like selling out stadiums and stuff, and like it's the same thing. I mean, Metallica did too. Like if Metallica never put out the Black album, let's say they didn't put that they didn't put a record out for like five years after, and they didn't sign with 
or or you know they'd never put out like something like the black album if and justice for all like that era you know what i mean when they were like literally a cult band and they built themselves up without radio play right metallica was a fucking arena band before before they even put the black album out they were an arena band they on that they made themselves and then they didn't become and then they became a fucking football stadium band when they put out the black album Oh, 100%, 100%. The Black Album definitely, uh, it's funny, because Back in Black and the Black Album, yeah, they definitely were, yeah. like, the, the the record that propelled those both those bands. And then, you know, it's weird, because Metallica, after the Black Album, it's such a weird time for Metallica, you know what I mean? They, oh, yeah. Trying to find a sound, almost. But you look at, look at Metallica, look at all these bands that you know they have direct influence on, or from ACDC. When you talk, like, obviously Scott Ian from Anthrax, like, James Hetfield, he's praised Malcolm Young a million times. Um, yeah. You know, all these bands are so in... ACDC might be one of the most uncredited, uncredited influential bands of all time. Yeah, especially in, like, the hard rock, you know, and metal scene, I gotta think a lot of rhythm guitarists would agree with you 100%. And, and you're right, maybe they... I don't know. I guess it depends on the era too. You asked, like you said, like the Scotty and the Anthrax, Metallica. Those a lot of those thrash bands and the metal bands from like the eighty ninety era. I were in yeah. Maybe not so much. Well, I mean, everything progresses now, and of course, and the people who are putting up bands now are they're saying that they're being uh, uh, like Metallica was the influence on them. So I guess it just goes in cycles. But yeah, hundred percent. I think uh, any rhythm guitar from that era should be or any any metal band at that point should be uh, influenced by acdc so oh yeah now um i mean what did what's your favorite uh i mean obviously we're gonna it, it's gonna be a given to say that back in black is our favorite is our favorite uh brian album but what's your favorite um what are some of your favorite brian songs uh i mean so i mean i'm a bit obviously i like a lot of stuff from that record, like Hell's Bells, is like probably like when I was younger, I fucking loved that song. I played that song all the time. Oh, it's I uh, mean with the big bell like donging and like yeah, like such a rad beginning and, and it's awesome. And then uh, you know I really like Heat Seeker um, was one of my favorite ones, and maybe not so much mainstream song. Uh, Thunderstruck, Back in Black, uh, you know Safe in New York City, I think is uh, is an awesome song. I love that song. Oh yeah. Um. And then, like, if I had to pick, like, a song for maybe, like, their newer, newer records, like, it's it's always tough, because I feel like, I don't know, like, I guess I didn't really connect with it. Like, I love the new records, but I didn't connect, obviously, with them as much as I connected with the, with the earlier records, but I really like on, uh, on Black Ice, the song War Machine. Oh, yeah. But something I didn't realize about that song, and I didn't realize about ACDC at all, is, like, I was I, before, when we were talking about doing this podcast. I wanted to look up about like how they were when we're talking about mainstream uh, media and like awards and stuff like that. I looked up like because I, I know that they were nominated for Grammys, but I found out that they actually never won. A, the only Grammy they ever won was actually for that song. Really, in, in two thousand ten, which I thought was insane. I feel like in that genre, they should have won a bunch of the a bunch of Grammys. Jesus, you'd think. I think I saw that they were nominated like 
six or seven times, but they only they won once, and it was for I don't know if it was like best live performance or best performance, and it was for War Machine on the Black uh, Ice record. So no shit, I found that kind of crazy. It's uh. And, I mean, they were just, like, they were, like, uh, you know, a machine in the 80s because they just kept putting them out. And that's another thing I like that they never did. You never saw them go, you never saw them go and get in spandex. You never saw them change their music style. You never saw them put makeup on. They were the same guys, blue jeans, t-shirt, and the schoolboy outfit, and they were the same band. Every fucking time, every album that came out, they were almost, you know, just like a Slayer. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, you were getting the same thing every time. You weren't. Exp- there was gonna be no, you know, surprise fucking album or anything like that. They didn't do a disco record or anything. Like that. No, disco sucks. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think when they put out like like ACDC put out six records in a row, right? Like a year, right? Like wasn't it like. Because I know they re- they released like the high voltage like it was just Australia. And I think they did, like, the TNT album, which was just Australia. And then they re-released... In the States, or, like, worldwide, in high voltage. Yeah, and then I think after that, right, like, 76, 77, like, 78, like, to 81 or something, like, they did records, right? I'm pretty sure, like, Dirty Deeds and Let There Be Rock. Yeah, it was, like, Dirty Deeds was, like, 76, and then Let There Be Rock, 77, and then Powerage, 78, and then Highway to Hell, 79. And then, yeah, then I think... And then even with the death of Bond, they still put him back in black in 80. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure for those about to rock in 81. And then I think there was a little bit of gap between that and, like, Flick of the Switch. I think it's, like, I don't know if it's, like, two years or something like that. But that's, I mean, that's the thing about that. Six years of, of an ACDC record. Now, nowadays, you don't see that. You don't even see that with, like, smaller bands. You know? I know. And that's insane. It's like, you, you got to figure for every record you put out, maybe there's, what, 12 to... 15 songs on the record like they're probably writing like 20 something songs for every record so i know that's, that's like an insane amount of writing for it it's fucking crazy it's it's crazy and then like i said like even after that they were fairly they were fairly up until like 1995 with ball breaker right like they I mean, yeah too much of a gap yeah, they were pretty consistent, and there was only, like, a few year gaps as they, like, went on and stuff, and then, you know, their only records post-2000, obviously, like, um, Stiff Upper Lip, Black Ice, and Rocker Bust. Uh, what did you yeah. think, what did you think of Rocker Bust? You know, the obviously the last studio album. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, again, I feel like it's kind of, it's really reminiscent of their more other recent records. I like it. I think it's kind of more different from like their originals i think like there's a lot of there's songs that really stand out to me it's not like the whole record i don't like really fall in love with but it's the same thing like great lyrics and just great rock and roll you know what i mean it yeah was, it was a little more like I said, with, the same, with the same satire talking about women gambling drinking and the devil pretty yeah much. <laughs> <laughs> who, does, who doesn't like most of those things i know right and um, it's uh yeah, I actually the song "Rocker Bust," I heard it and I was just like, "Nah, that's it's good, good ACDC tune." But uh, recently, it was uh, last summer. I listened, I was listening to the full record and stuff, and it's a good record. Uh, you know, obviously those guys are all in their sixties, uh, so there's gonna be, you know, it seemed like there's a little bit more of a laid back vibe with it, a little more blues influence. Yeah, definitely not as like uh, 
is heavy. It's yeah, it's not like Thunderstruck, the riff in Thunderstruck. <laughs> right. Um, but Rocker Bust is a great fucking song. I love that song. Yeah, that is in uh, that is one of the better songs on that record. I think like there's one called the uh, Dogs of War. I really liked on that record too as well. Um, so like I said, like I don't think there's any record I really hate, which is weird because a lot of bands you can think of, like when you think of bands who put out a lot of stuff, like especially in the metal scene, like you look at Slayer and people are like, oh. I don't like <laughs> Diabolus and Musica or whatever. You think of Metallica, and they don't, I don't like Load or Reload or Saint Anger, but like, you can't really, at least me personally, I can't really say that about ACDC. I don't think there's like one record room like, oh, that record's awful. No, like, I'm the same way. And I almost like it, uh, relate it to like, uh, you know, it's like your friends being in a band. <laughs> I mean, obviously, we're not fucking friends with ACDC, but like, I put it like being friends with a band. Like, you love them so much that no matter what they put out, you're going to dig it. Even if you don't dig it more so than other albums, it's like, you know, your brother's band, like, Oh, fuck it. Fuck. Yeah. Like, you know what I I don't, you know what I mean? You there? Yeah. Okay. Why are you silent? Uh, you, you, uh, you froze up on me. Oh, sorry. Um, but yeah, it was just like, it's, you can't help but like, maybe yeah, it's just, maybe it's their attitude too. Like, you can't help but like, even if you're like, you don't, obviously you don't dig rock or bust as much as you did Razor's Edge or Black, Back in Black, you can't help but just be like, re- love and respect what they're doing. So like, you're into it regardless. Exactly. And I feel like you're, if you're a fan and you're on it, you're on board and you're not going to. I feel like they don't give you many reasons to complain. You know what I mean? Like they, they didn't, like you said, they don't change their sound. Really, it's the same, same lyrical content. The, you know, pretty much for the most part, the music's just as heavy. Maybe a little more bluesy influenced in their later years, but I think, I think they've always had that stigma of like the blues rock. Oh yeah. Anyway, so, um, yeah, like I said, I don't really don't think they have like the super super weak album where I'm like, oh, I, I hate that record. So. I mean. And I'm the kind of the same way with a lot of bands. I think, I mean, when you talk like, uh, when I talk, when I think uh, Metallica too, like, I don't hate Load or Reload. I mean, in like the early to mid-2000s, I was like, oh, those are kind of like their rock, whack albums. Like, I'm not into them as much as I'm into Ride the Lightning and Master. But like, now, like, I love those records because there was always songs I loved on them, but like, re-listening to them probably over the last like 10 years and just keep rocking those records and St. Anger included. Like there's a tons of songs on those three records that I love, but those are obviously the, the least liked Metallica records for sure. Yeah, 100%. And I feel the same. I'm right in the same boat as you. I mean, I, I, I mean, I bought Load and Reload when they came out. Obviously, I was younger and I bought the CDs. But uh, and then when I got a little bit older, I was like, yeah, they're kind of just like whatever. But... I've grown to like them more than more. Even St. Anger has some good songs on it. So, um, and like I said, there's very, very rare. Do you see any band that is around for that long of a period who puts out that many records that you can say that you like all of them. And like I said, that again speaks volumes of, of, uh, my love and I'm sure yours as well. Oh yeah. So, and and like I said, uh, Motorhead, uh, who I, 
I was really young. I didn't really, I'd never really listened to Motorhead. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't really listen to them until I got a bit older. But there's another band where, like, I feel like you could put on any one of their records, and you're like, you can't tell if it's maybe because of the quality. You can tell, but you can tell if it came out in the '70s, the '80s, the 2000s. You know what I mean? It's oh like, yeah. Uh, and I feel like that it's the same exact thing, and and the same with ACDC. I feel like obviously you know it's Brian Johnson or if it's Bon Scott, but they carry the same the same weight with with every record. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, Lemmy, <laughs> Lemmy had a good like quote when he was talking, and I can't remember who the fuck was interviewing him, but he was talking about like they were like questioning him why like he doesn't change the sound, why he doesn't change things up, and obviously he gave like the he's like he's like why am I gonna change something that I like and that works? He's just like that's like having like really good pizza at your pizza shop and then just changing it just because you want to change it or one person walks in and says you should change it it's like no you he's like we've been serving the same pizza for years everyone that we want to like it likes it we're not changing the pizza exactly but now that's the most blatant metaphor you can think of too it's like if it works and you love it and people love it why change it yeah i mean i mean because that's what like when you think of i mean obviously acdc is uh a a lot more bigger and a lot more mainstream than like a motorhead was. But like, uh, I don't think like, I mean, if you're, that's the thing too. Like, uh, obviously ACDC huge, you know, selling out arena stadiums. Um, they're not, they're not making music that like, you know, Rocker Bust wasn't selling a couple million fucking copies. You know what I mean? I mean, I think it ended right. up selling quite well because it's ACDC. It's just going to sell well. But, um, you know what I mean? They're not like – they were never trying to, like, do it to make money. They were never trying to, like, get in on a fad. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they weren't like, oh, well, we'll just – we'll try something that other bands are doing. But No, I mean, I think, like, originally, like, I was reading, too, about, like, you know, when High Voltage came out – worldwide like in the states like i'm pretty sure like it was hit with mixed reviews like i think like i'm pretty sure like one of the famous like negative things was like rolling stone magazine like ripped acdc hard saying it was like pretty much like that bon scott's vocals were annoying and like that it was pretty just not that great of a of a record so i think they didn't I, I don't like I, I think the the other records got were a little bit popular but I'm pretty sure like uh they didn't hit like the billboard like one hundreds until like or like above one hundred until Highway to Hell, I wanna say. Yeah. And it's uh so, imagine if like I, like you said though, like imagine if they they listened to that or they saw that like review these reviews and they're like, Oh, people don't like it, we gotta do something different. No, they just kept doing the same thing and now uh, one of the, you know, I'm sure Rolling Stone would put him as one of the greatest rock bands ever. So, oh yeah, exactly. And like, uh, but Rolling Stone's like traditionally and famously like trashed, like fucking like Led Zeppelin four and like yeah, fucking sure. some of the most the best rock and roll records of yeah, all my, time. My favorite season, uh, I know one of your favorite movies, almost famous too, when Jason Lee's character <laughs> <laughs> Rolling Stone was ripped like. Zeppelin and the Beatles yeah. and all that. <laughs> it's so fucking true, though. Like, if there's any, if there's ever one fucking magazine that has no fucking clue about rock and roll, it's fucking Rolling Stone. Yeah, I mean, it's been years and years since I read a rock, Rolling Stone, but I can only imagine what they're publishing now. So, 
Oh, that's a, you know that's something I kind of want to touch on. You know, talking about ACDC, like I mean, we've talked about it endlessly, but like, what true blue rock and roll bands are there out right now? Like, when you think when you say rock bands to people, what's fucking sad and pathetic and in stomach turning and kind of just makes my dick limp is fucking people are like, oh, like what what are some rock bands that are out now? Like, people are gonna say like. I don't even know. What are so like fucking rock bands like Breaking Benjamin? Like I don't know because like you know like it's funny that you bring this up too because I was actually having this conversation with a coworker of mine and he was saying to me, you know like what I can't remember what year he said, but he's like, what can you name like a good rock band in the past like ten years or like whatever years? And it's like what's the problem with it is though is there's so many different genres now. You know what I mean? That like what really oh yeah, like, what constitutes what I, a rock band? If I was gonna think of a mainstream rock and roll band right now, I, I, me personally, and the, this could be different for someone else. I just think of the Flyers. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the, Dave Grohl is like again, he bridges through the music, and they. I just think that they're. I mean, I'd say that they're just a, a rock and roll band, and I think that I gotta say, I think of them. I mean, I don't know who else I would really even say. You know what I mean? I mean, as far as mainstream, you definitely got it. I mean, it's definitely them, but you know what's really missing as far as, like, current rock state that's missing that ACDC formula um, is, like, that grittiness and stuff. Like, you don't have that. Like, I love the Foo Fighters, but you don't have that grittiness in the Foo Fighters. Yeah, sure, some of their stuff does. Like, you, th- all my life is a fucking ripper, like... It's so good, but that's not all they are, and that's fine. And they're a great rock band, despite yeah, despite they, that. But like I said, they, they bridge the gap between a lot of genres. Like they have they have heavy songs, they have lighter songs. They, but uh, yeah, it is tough to. You are right. There's no like, at least not. I even mentioned that has like that gritty edge, like rock, because everything is broken down into these weird genres where you have like metal and like metalcore and like. All that, the hardcore, like, genres, and then you have, like, all these weird, like, pop genres now, and then, like, like, what is, like, an actual, I hate to say that, like, <laughs> I don't know, like, Breaking Benjamin or something like that is, like, a, a, a uh, I consider that to be in my head, I could be wrong, it's new metal, you know what I mean, like, that whole, like, yeah, it's, weird there's genre. only, I'm gonna be completely honest with you, there's two bands that I consider rock and roll bands that like one's kind of been like all over the place like inact actually both of them have had periods of inactivity and they're both active now and have toured the last like uh i think the last like year and a half they've been pretty steady touring um one uh is cky cky yeah yeah they still they put out a record last year they've had you know a lineup change but, like, they still have, like, a good rock and roll sound that's still, like, you know what I mean? No fucking artificial drums. No, like, uh, you know, loops and all this, like, weird shit. And they have, like, some experimental shit in there, but they've always had that. But, like, as far as, like, having that, like, standard, like, doom, doom, like that that Phil Rudd-type fucking drumming right. in, a, in a rock band, like, CKY's up there. And another band, I know you've heard me... Uh, kind of uh you know wax their car a million times uh is he is legend i think is one of the few real deal like riff writing rock and roll bands like 
that just seem like a, a bunch of like outlaw gypsies that are just fucking like, you know, right. fucking doing drugs and fucking writing rock and roll music. Yeah, and, th- and that band kind of uh, has like flourished into what they are now, right? Because I'm, I'm, I know you told me about them, and, I, and I've listened to some stuff, but they had like weren't some of their early records a little bit different than what they are now? Yeah, like uh, like their first two records were a little heavier, like like with a little more screaming, but they always had like those like crooning rock vocals and they always like had that element in there and it, it they finally like I think uh after their when their third album came out and they actually broke up after that third album came out. But even on those first two records they have like like their first record, their first full length is called uh um I Am Hollywood and there's like some of their best like rock songs are on that. So they've They've had elements, and they came out in a time, and they were on a fucking record label that was like more or less like a, uh, you know, a metalcore like. I mean, that was actually a Christian label at the time. Uh, you know, they came out on Tooth and Nail, Solid State, um, and they came out, and so they were kind of lumped in, and they toured like bands like Under Oath and shit. But they weren't that screamo band that kind of people kind of wrote them off to be initially. They always had the riffs, they always had solos. They always had like crazy like uh, like drum fills and like they always had that like rock sound. Um, it's become way more pronounced. And anybody that's listening to this, I can't recommend their last album few enough. Um, it's like a great, it's a great fucking, um, it's a great rock album. Um, and that band's just that band's gotten better and better and better. And their last two releases are are arguably their best uh, for sure. Yeah, so if I could, if I could think of a couple um, just rock and roll bands too that have come off the mind. One of them for me is Queens of the Stone Age. Oh yeah, of think. course. I think their their newest record is definitely just like kind of like a straight up just like fun rock and roll record. And anybody who likes, you know, anybody should check them out definitely. But then the other bands that kind of people maybe not know about is one is actually a band i just saw recently who i'd never really heard before was are called black star riders which is members of thin lizzy yeah yep. they have that just like thin lizzy you know this rock and roll uh vibe to them really catchy songs really good and then the other one would be they're a little maybe a little bit more cheesy but uh chris jericho the wrestler's band fozzy it seems like he's trying to trying to keep that like rock and roll dream alive i mean they they come off maybe a little little cheesy with some of their stuff, but I don't know. Their new record has some catchy songs. I can't lie. So uh, yeah, and that's a band I can. Ne- I love Chris Jericho. Obviously, you and I are huge wrestling fans. Um, and I've always loved Chris Jericho as a performer and stuff. Uh, I never liked any of the Fozzy stuff I heard prior to the Judas record that came out last year. And that record's yeah. got, like, uh, I think out of all the songs, I think there was only one or two songs that I wasn't feeling. The rest were all bangers. They were all pretty sick. Yeah, I just think it's, uh, and I feel the same way. Like, uh, you know, I, I know he, I knew he had that band. I knew they were, like, a rock band or whatever, like, borderline metal. But uh, I never really gave him too much of a ch- chance. Everything I heard was kind of just like, hey, whatever. But I don't know, the new record... Especially the new single, or like the single, the title track is, uh, I don't know, I, li- I like the song, and I think uh, another one who, you know, Chris Jericho understands rock and roll, he likes a lot of the classic bands, and I think he's trying to he's trying to keep that alive, so. Oh, yeah, definitely, and it's, uh, 
and, and and that's something that gets uh, lost, and I'm glad you and I can have the conversations like this where we talk about rock and roll bands because, like you said, there's so many genres now, and I feel like you know, last week I went to uh, you know a Hatebreed, Crowbar, Casey Strain, Twitching Tongue show. And I feel like maybe two or three people there, I could have an honest-to-God conversation about ACDC. And and two of them were, you know, one of them was probably Kurt Weinstein from Crowbar. Um, you know what I mean? Because, like, I feel like if you like hardcore metal, you like hardcore metal. And you, at least, in the especially in the younger-aged uh, fan base, like, you don't listen to anything else. Like, if you like, like, and I love all the, I, I'm a fucking, I'm a fan of all music all like i'll fucking i'll listen today like i was listening to harm's way tears for fears the deftones and the deftones like that's what i was fucking listening to today like you know what i mean i i fucking listen to everything i don't classify myself like i mean deep down inside i'm like a rock and roll heavy metal kid because that's what like where i found and loved and discovered music but at the same time like my favorite band of all time is the ramones so like i have uh, you know i have a punk rock mark in my heart f- because i'm the hugest ramones fan of all time yeah, the ramones have like the, the ramones have a they're, they're another one where i feel like everyone even in metal or hardcore or whatever loves them. you know ramones are, are kind of universally that's what's that's you know, what's do, so. that's what's the most punk rock thing about the ramones too is they never called themselves fucking punk rock they were always a right. rock and roll band and just to touch on what you were saying too about like yeah like i don't know like people listen to a certain type of music they feel like that's all they could listen to or other things are not you know we always talk about how people are very clicky and and they uh, you know they can't appreciate a band like acdc maybe they call them lame or something it's just like yeah that's how all so yeah now uh i guess to wrap up the acdc talk what did you think did you see or listen to or watch any of the videos with axel singing for acdc i did actually i saw i saw some of it at first i wasn't a fan um i just think about it and i'm like man part of me was like i was being selfish thinking like man why don't they just stop (laughs) but then i like thought about it and I was actually listening to Jericho's podcast with Scott Ian a couple couple weeks ago or whatever, and he was talking about, they talked about ACDC, and they talked about how they would be excited for a new record and, and stuff like that. So I went back and I watched like those videos, and, and I thought, like, yeah, maybe this could be cool. Um, obviously, I know you're a huge Guns N' Roses fan. I like Guns N' Roses. Um, it would be interesting to hear new original material i guess i could say you know what i mean oh definitely and uh i gotta i will say like i think axel is obviously his voice is more relatable to the to the bond scott or at least it kind of like catered to the bond scott material more that's kind of how i feel too is like actually he's a lot more like reminiscent of bond so and you know they were busting out songs they hadn't played in a while like uh riff raff and sin city I just think, uh, even if they change their name, which I know they're not going to do, obviously, because you're going to keep the ACDC name, but uh, that would be interesting if they did take that route and, and change the name to something different and have like a super group. But I'm, I'm interested to see what what, what comes of that. If they new original material, would be interesting. So, 
So, uh, it happens. Yeah, it should be interesting. Uh, but, uh, two things I wanted to talk, two last things I wanted to talk about is, uh, obviously, uh, hearing songs in movies is great. And two of the, uh, well, one second to the last thing I'll say is, uh, two, uh, two movies we love, uh, have, uh, memorable, uh, ACDC parts in them. One being uh, Detroit Rock City, obviously, when he's getting uh, hauled off. They play. Am I right? I'm not remembering that incorrectly, right? They they play Highway to Hell when he's getting fucking drug off to the fucking Father Philip McNulty's fucking school of shit, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, of yeah. course, maybe the most memorable ACDC part in any movie ever of all time is obviously Empire Records. Empire Records, of course. If you want blood, uh, tell me that isn't the best. <laughs> isn't the best fucking part when fucking manager fucking Joel Anthony Lapaglia fucking <laughs> goes in and just fucking waxes the drums yeah. out, Phil Rudd style. Pissed off, runs into his office, closes his door, breaks. <laughs> if you want blood, just jams it on the drums. It's a great scene. Fucking amazing. <laughs> that movie all together is a great scene. Oh Bloody. yeah. Plenty of great cameos from great bands. I think, uh, obviously, the Guar. Uh, oh, yeah. Which, have you heard the last Guar record? Did you hear the cover they did of If You Want Blood? No, I have not, actually. That's amazing. Well, one, they're fucking, they're, you know, the the dude who sings for him now, who's a, a member of the band prior, um, he does a fucking, I, though, that's what's great. When I was, uh, when I did Warp Tour with uh, Jeremy's band last year, I was, uh, it was, cool enough to watch guar several times like watched him every night that i could um and they closed with fucking if you want blood and they brought donald trump out and fucking you know cut him open and fucking they were squirting fucking blood everywhere and my white vans still have guar blood on them um but they fucking closed the the it was great because no one in the fucking crowd knew if you want blood except for like guys in bands that sounds about right yeah it was so wild to see, like, people not know, like, the song. And I'm just fucking, like, losing my fucking mind, like, because they're covering If You Want Blood, like, every time they closed. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, yeah, you gotta think, like, now War Tour has a pretty younger audience, I'd say. So, like, and, we're speaking about, they don't, I don't think they care. It's unfortunate. And that's what's, uh, that's what I kind of love about, uh, that I love about, like, certain bands, too. Like, still paying homage to, like, ACDC. Like, Guar puts out a record, you know, after their singer dies. You know, in 2017, they put out a record, and the last song on the record is uh, ACDC, If You Want Blood Cover. Like, how great is that? Yeah, again, speaks volumes to what they do, what, the, what, they're, what they meant to people. And you're right, though. Like, you think about it now. 2017... You're putting out a record, you think about a cover to do, you know, pretty awesome that you're going to think of an ACDC song. So. Yeah. Well, uh, any uh, any closing thoughts for uh, all things uh, ACDC here? Uh, no, I mean, other than the fact that obviously I feel like everyone should listen to them, both eras of, you know, listening to some Bond songs, listen to some Brian Johnson songs, and I think that if you're a, a fan of heavy music or rock and roll at all that uh you should definitely give them a deep dive because they're by far one of the best rock and roll bands ever there is uh never a true truer statement uttered when it comes to acdc for sure 
Yeah, this was fun. There, it's fun to talk about them. Yeah, it's it's good to you know, uh, it's good to do the music talk on this podcast too because we get so wrapped up in the movie talk. Just because, I mean, it, it, I don't know. Maybe it's easier to talk about because obviously I can't fucking I can't talk to Brian about fucking ACDC too much. Like, I'm sure I could. I'm sure I could crack open. I should could crack open a Depeche Mode conversation with Brian. But uh, but yeah, it's always good to do the music episodes. I'm glad we could do them because uh, you're really the only friend I have that can fucking talk for an hour about ACDC with me. Yeah, no, it's it's fun, and I and I think we obviously we, we like a lot of the same music, so it's it's good to uh, be able to talk, and it's fun to do a music music ones. I've known this is like our third or something music one we've done, so yeah, we do more definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, all right, man. Uh. We're gonna let you go. We're gonna call it a call it a podcast here. All right, brother. I had a great time. Thank you. Yeah, of course, man. Thanks a lot. All right.